And hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm Bird. There is no Jake. There is no Adam. It is just me here on this Monday. Hopefully everyone had a lovely Easter, and hopefully everyone's Passover week has been fruitful, has been fun, and hopefully everyone has had a good time just kind of kicking it back with the family and such. I know that's what uh, I was doing, enjoying the beautiful New York weather over the course of the last few days, and it's only supposed to get nicer this week. So thank God for that. We are almost to summer, and with summer, of course, comes the build-up towards fantasy, but we're not there yet because we have this little thing over the next two weeks. We are about two weeks away from the start of the NFL draft, and we've talked about doing this show on the podcast for a little while now, and you know, we said that you know, we would think about doing it if there was the, the, the need or the want for people, you know, to have this show. And you guys responded in big time, big time fashion. So uh, thank you very much for that, uh, first of all. Second of all, yes, for those of you who know what this is, uh, and then for those of you that don't, this is the NFL Draft Mailbag. And um, we asked you guys to send in your NFL draft-related questions. I gone, I gone through the mailbag. Uh, we had sorted through the questions that I thought were going to be the ones that I could answer. Um, there were a bunch that I, I, I gathered, and we'll have to work on uh, getting answers to. We'll probably do another one of these. I would assume probably closer to the draft, maybe not mailbag style. But maybe more of just doing a. Uh, I know we did this a couple years ago. We may have even did this last year. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But doing a podcast on the day of the draft and just kind of giving everyone the lowdown of all the scoops and everything that's going on as far as what I know. So there are definitely things that you guys have brought to my attention that I'm definitely going to be checking in on. So thank you guys very much um, for that. If your question does not get asked, yeah, that is, you know why. A, it's because there was a very similar question that I just happened to see first. Or B, it is because I don't have the answer to your question and it's something that I'm absolutely going to have to check to check up on. And eventually, uh, we'll, you will get that question answered uh, in, in due course. I think that is probably what we're going to do is we'll probably do whether it is just me or whether I, I get Jake or Adam to come on and do a show the morning or day of the draft, whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, just to, like I said, give you guys the scoops, get, let you know what's, what's going down. And of course, if there are any big moves uh, before then, of course, we will uh, do a, be doing a podcast to, uh, to let you guys know. A um, couple programming notes before we get into uh, news and notes and then we get into the mailbag itself. Uh, programming notes. So this week, this is I'm recording this on April 10th. You'll be hearing this on April 10th. This week, uh, Jake and I will be starting the defensive prospect reports. We will be starting that on Wednesday, April 12th. So, of course, make sure you are tuned in uh, to your inbox. Subscribe. Leave a five-star review. Uh, you will have that in there. That will be the defensive line uh, we'll be covering then. And then we will also be having another one. Um, we, we will probably be doing that, I would say, coming out on Friday. So we'll probably record two on Wednesday, and then you'll probably hear 
that one on Friday. It'll be uh, the linebackers and such. And then before you know it, next week, we're going to be very much into wrapping up uh, the prospect reports. We'll be covering the secondary next week. And then towards the end of the week, you're going to be hearing Jake's mock draft. That that's going to be coming out next week. It's it's crazy that we're we're at this point, but but here we are. And then once Jake's mock draft is done, Adam and I will probably do a basement talk podcast somewhere in there. I don't know if it's going to happen this week or next week. I'm not quite sure yet when we're going to do that. That'll be on the NBA and NHL playoffs. So for anybody uh, looking for some sort of content other than football, you'll be getting uh, that little fix there. And then. The following week, so this is now we're talking two weeks away, so this is now the 24th, is when Adam and I will be doing our mock draft. We will be recording that. Um, I would presume we're going to be recording that on either Monday or Tuesday, and then that will be in your inboxes quite shortly after, considering now on Thursday we will be doing the, uh, the, the update show of sorts for the date of the draft. So a lot to do. Uh, in in the meantime, and then maybe just a little quick quick look for what is coming after the draft. Um, Adam and I will be doing a NFL draft review. I don't know whether or not we're going to be doing that the doing that Thursday night after round one. I'm not quite sure yet. Um, I probably think that we will. Um, I think Adam will definitely have more of an easier time doing it than I will, considering when that when that when night one is done, it'll probably be around midnight uh, on the East Coast, where you know he'll be at still be ten o'clock in, in Utah for him. So uh, we will definitely have that podcast out for you, whether it's going to be on Thursday or whether it is out on Friday. I would imagine we'll probably do it Thursday night uh, just to get just to get that done, um, and then eventually the following week we'll be having. Uh, Jake on and we'll cover the entire draft as a whole and then that's it you know we're off we're off to the races there from a fantasy perspective we'll be able to do mock drafts now we'll be able to really speculate I've been updating my ranks pretty constantly Um, you know obviously some big things happened over the weekend mainly Easter Sunday but well we'll get to that in a minute Um, but the ranks you know we'll be able to really dive in look through everything, have discussions, have debates, do mock drafts. That's all coming in the month of May. So we are really, really, really close to being in full send fantasy football uh, mode. I actually was able to do a draft order on Easter Sunday. I got the seventh pick in a 10-man, which is prime go zone for 0RB. And I am absolutely thrilled because 0RB is fun regardless of what Adam wants to try and tell you wonderful wonderful people so before we get into the mailbag let's do some quick news and notes from the week that was and let's start with the Minnesota Vikings and their star running back Dalvin Cook of course there have been uh, some trade reports surrounding Dalvin Cook you know they are kind of hot and cold uh, in that area but he did have shoulder surgery on a torn labrum uh, that should hopefully end his issue with uh, shoulder dislocations, which he has had a history of uh, throughout his career. Uh, He's been playing now with this torn labrum for about three years, which is crazy. I don't know how how he's been doing that, but the surgery, at least in theory, should strengthen and stabilize his shoulder from 
uh, getting more hurt. And like I said before, with the dislocations that he's had in a, a history with, um, and of course, with all the questions surrounding his future, um, it's it'll be, it'll be good news to know that Dalvin Cook will be ready to go, uh, whether or not he's the running back for the Vikings or somebody else. So you know that that's definitely a, a wait and see on that front. Uh, let's go to New England. Some quarterback news with the Patriots. Uh, let's start first with Brian Hoyer. He has signed a two-year deal with the Raiders. So. Not a surprise to see Josh McDaniels signing a New England Patriots quarterback at some point, uh, but, but it is Brian Hoyer who is going to the Las Vegas Raiders, and he's going to back up Jimmy Garoppolo uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders, and now Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been reportedly has been shopped. This is according to uh, Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio. Uh, the teams that he threw out there that could potentially be interested in Mac Jones were the Raiders, the Texans, the Buccaneers, and the Commanders. I mean, I'm not really that surprised. I mean, it's not like Mac Jones has really been, you know, lighting the world on fire um, in, in, in any sort of sense anyway. Um, Bill Belichick, obviously, you know, he he's in the market of wanting to win and, and wanting to win games. I think you look now at what the AFC East and the AFC really as a whole is going to be thrown at him. You know, the Patriots are not going to be in a position to contend unless they have a starting quarterback who can really win them games. And Mac Jones just really is not that guy. Um, but yeah, it's not a good look at all, considering just two years ago he was the 15th overall pick. And now there is the possibility that he's being shopped by the Patriots. Interesting to see if they do go and upgrade via a trade or through the draft, or if they stick in house with Bailey Zappi. I, I don't think that's probably what I would do, but. There were times last year where we all saw it, and Bailey Zappi looked really, really good for for the Patriots. So this should be an interesting couple of weeks uh, if you are a New England Patriots fan. And I have to say, I don't feel sorry for you given the amount of success that you have had over the course of your New England Patriots rooting experience. Uh, Tyreek Hill, a, a fascinating little interview that he gave to Sports Radio 810 WHB. When he said that he is considering retirement at the end of his contract with the Miami Dolphins, that runs through the 2025 season. Uh, when asked, you know, what was the reasoning for this, Tyreek had said that he has business and personal interests outside of football that he wants to explore. Um, interesting, <clears throat> interesting for sure. And I think, you know, listen, uh, Tyreek Hill, what he what he wants to do. Um, Good for him. If this is what he is set on doing, then awesome. You know, he's made his he's made his bank, um, and you know he should be able to go out the way that he wants to go out. Uh, but speaking to all the dynasty players out there, and yes, we will be doing a dynasty show um, pretty quickly after the draft because of rookie drafts and and obviously things like that. Uh, dynasty managers should take note of this, regardless of what they're thinking about his long his long term value to their teams. Um, for teams that are trying to win right now, I think Tyreek Hill is, a, is an unbelievable trade target and you should be trying to go and get him. Um, for teams that are rebuilding, that could use a couple of pieces to get you going, potentially get some assets for your rookie drafts over the next month, uh, it could be very, very wise to try and sell high on, on Tyreek Hill, get those assets in. And you're not having to worry about an asset that potentially could be depreciating as you get closer to 2025 and not knowing what the hell to do. Because guess what? No matter what Tyreek Hill's stock is going to be after 2025, 
I think people are going to realize that you know he he may be walking away. So if you try and trade him now, and and his his value is pretty high right now, I would I would imagine, um, and you could probably get something really really good out of it. But the fur the further along you go, the worse and worse his value is going to be. So if you again if you are a rebuilding team, I probably would look to explore uh, Tyreek Hill if you can. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons agrees to a four year contract extension with the Tennessee Titans. Um, massive payday for him, and that's a pick that has really, really panned out for the for the Titans. He's been one of the best defensive linemen in all of football. Seven and, a half, seven and a half sacks, 54 tackles, averaging over the last two seasons, consecutive All-Pro nominations. Uh, big piece of the Titans' defense. They keep that in the fold going forward. Richie James signing a one-year deal with the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are quickly turning into Giants Midwest with Kadarius Toney there and now Richie James headed there uh, as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what kind of role Richie James has here because I think you look at, you know, Kadarius Toney there, Sky Moore there. There is the opportunity for a lot of targets with Juju now gone. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is still there. I think Richie James could have a a sneaky role to play in this offense, but I don't know um, if he has immediate route, an immediate route to fantasy value, but he is definitely interesting in 12, 14 team leagues that go really, really deep. I, I, I do see it. And then finally, the big one, Odell Beckham signing a one year, $18 million deal with the Baltimore Ravens. The deal is actually a one year, $15 million deal with incentives that could make that go up to $18 million. Uh, Odell Beckham did have a meeting scheduled with the New York Jets. That is con- that is confirmed. Um, but the Ravens did give him an offer prior to that meeting, and Odell decided that he was going to sign that deal with the Baltimore Ravens, and that is exactly what he ended up doing um, for his fantasy value now, because obviously this is a, this is a fantasy show. His fantasy value, it's interesting for me because obviously you have to assess it as, you know, you have to assume that Odell Beckham is going to have Lamar Jackson in tow, but Lamar Jackson is not under contract right now, so what do you do? Uh, Is Baltimore the best landing spot for Odell at all? What is his situation looking like? How is the knee? Is it healed up? There are a whole lot of different avenues that you can go down with this whole Odell Beckham discussion and, 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 and analyzing what his fantasy value is going to be. As of right now, in full PPR, and this is just me with the up, with updated ranks, I have Odell Beckham as my wide receiver 39, ahead of Cortland Sutton, Jacoby Myers, and Juju Smith-Schuster, but behind Jahan Dotson, Brandon Cooks, and Traylon Burks. In my overall ranks, if I can get to him very quickly, I have Odell Beckham as my 91st overall player. So basically, he's going in round in round nine, round ten, in 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 that sort of range. Uh, he, he's interesting, and I'm I'm gonna assume that he'll be going up in in my ranks and in um, expert ranks as well. Uh, it's still very very early. We're not even 24 hours from from Odell Beckham signing, but a lot of Odell Beckham's fantasy value is going to come down to who is playing quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, and we do have a question about the uh, the Baltimore Ravens in this mailbag, so I'm not going to talk about uh, talk about it too much. Um, but yeah, so that's just got that is kind of it. So I don't I don't want to you know kill. The whole uh, Baltimore Ravens question, but Odell Odell is, is an interesting dart throw 
for sure. I just urge caution on the whole Odell thing because especially if you're in the uh, in the New York market with uh, all the Giants fans that just go crazy anytime you mention Odell, Odell, Odell. Um, you know, that's something that may, maybe is probably you're better off just trying to trying to stay away from if if I am being uh, quite honest about that. Um, so let's go and jump right into the mailbag. And we have 16 questions. Thank you so, so much to everyone who submitted questions. And of course, for any other mailbag that we do, you are more than welcome to submit your questions for anything. And even if, even if, even if you have a question that you think of right on the spot and, you know, when there's no mention of a mailbag, send it in. Send it in because we always, we're always looking through the mailbag at questions to see what's there. And if we are feeling like we're overflowing on questions, we just do a mailbag. And, and the mailbags are fun because they're the most fun that we do because we're helping you out. We're answering your questions and we're doing the things that we want to do. So um, obviously, please send in any questions that you have. It could be about anything, anything really. Um, so we're just going to go right down the list here, 1 to 16, um, obviously because I don't have a running mate here that uh, I could bounce I could bounce things off of. But, of course, we're going to answer these questions to the best of our abilities. So number one, this is from Andrew. Andrew is from Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, Andrew asks, what direction do you see the Bears going in at number nine? Well, the Chicago Bears can do a whole lot, whole lot of different things. Obviously, they've already traded back from the number one overall pick. They're at the number nine spot. They have a ton of assets now. There's a couple. There are a couple different directions I think the Bears could definitely could definitely potentially go in. Uh, number one, I could see the Bears trading back again, which would be very interesting. But I also think that if if you're, if you're the Bears and you're trading back, it potentially then puts you in the driver's seat to potentially go out and select Bijan Robinson. I have heard that the Bears have checked in on him a little bit, and they have they have a void at running back. I know they signed Deonta Foreman. I know they have Khalil Herbert, but Bijan Robinson would come in there and he would completely change the dynamic of that of that running game. And what you have already with Justin Fields, you bring in Bijan. Oof, that's a that's a really 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 good duo if you could potentially pull that off. Um, but probably the most important thing that the Bears could go ahead and do is they have to reinforce that offensive line. There is a definite need along that offensive line, whichever position you want, whether it's either tackle spot, either guard spot, or it's center. I'm kind of thinking they're going to be the ones that take take a crack on the first um, offensive lineman in this draft. And and if you listen to the offensive lineman show that Jake and I did, uh, there are three guys that are really in the running here for for that potential pick. It's Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern, and then Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. I have Peter Skaronsky as the highest. I would not be surprised, however, if Paris Johnson was the pick just to reunite Paris Johnson with Justin Fields, two teammates that were at Ohio State together. That would not surprise me in the slightest. With that being said, Skaronsky being a Northwestern kid in his own backyard, I would not be surprised at all if they were to go in that direction. I just think if you're looking for a bit of position versatility, Johnson is probably the guy that you that you want to go out and get. But Skaronsky wouldn't surprise me either. Um, and then Broderick Jones either wouldn't. He wouldn't. It would be shocking to see Broderick Jones for me go over Skaronsky or Johnson. But 
there's some people that I've talked to that have said Broderick Jones is is just as good as Johnson and uh, as Johnson and Skaronski. Number two, this is from Kyle. Kyle is from uh, he is from Geneva, Switzerland. Kyle asks, "What have you heard about the Cardinals at pick number three, and how likely is it that they actually make the pick?" So basically, what I've heard with the Arizona Cardinals, there was a port a report that just came out. Uh, before I came on the air that said the Cardinals have at least six teams that have called about the number three overall pick. I've heard basically about that number that it's been around, it's been around six that have called and it's basically all looking at the same thing. It's all looking at a quarterback. It's all looking to jump up and take that quarterback and the Colts are in a very interesting position now because they're sitting at number four. They have a need for a quarterback and every team under the sun is looking at the Colts and saying, all right, are they going to be the ones to jump up to number three and and take the quarterback? The Colts, as a matter of fact, are one of those teams that are looking at taking a quarterback there. Um, a couple other teams that I've heard, I've heard about the Raiders. I've heard about the Titans as well. It's going to be very interesting to see what, what Arizona does. And, and But no matter which way you want to slice it, the, the Cardinals are going to have a lot of suitors that they have a lot of suitors for the number, the number three pick, and they should have the opportunity to trade out of that pick if they want to and get sizable assets for that number three pick. I think it's a great idea to do it. It's just a matter of how far they're going to have to go to do it. I, I still think that the Colts seem like the best fit to do that deal because Arizona still has a lot of holes that they have to fill in the defensive side of the ball. So if you're only trading back one spot and the Colts are jumping you going from four to three, and you could slide back one, and you know you're still getting your crack at whichever defensive prospect that you want, whether it is Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, or Jalen Carter, if, you know, depending on what the situation is and what the view is with Jalen Carter inside the front offices uh, of the Arizona Cardinals, either one of those guys would automatically improve what the Cardinals have on defense. So, if they were to trade back that one spot, I think that is the way that the Cardinals would prefer to go. But obviously, you have to look at the package. They have to look at the whole package and see, you know, is this something that we want to do? And does this does it make it worth our time? Or do we decide to trade back even more spots, get more assets, and potentially take the windfall on getting a top defensive prospect in the top five of the draft? So that's something that they're going to have to look at. I would probably say right now that the odds that, that the Cardinals make that pick is probably 50-50, if not a little bit lower. <clears throat> Number three, this is from Eric. Eric is from Berlin, Germany. Eric asks, does Bijan Robinson get selected in the top 20? Yes, I think he does. I, I think Bijan does go in the top 20. I think there's a team that is in that 20 to 30 range that does potentially trade up for Bijan Robinson. Uh, I think I'm looking at... Uh, I mean, where do you want to start? If there's a trade for if Austin Eckler gets dealt, I think the Chargers make a lot of sense. That's where I have him currently mocked in my uh, in my latest mock draft. Um, the Dallas, we've talked about Dallas about a, about a million times. That could be an interesting spot. Another interesting spot here, and, and obviously the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, that makes a lot of sense as well. But the speculation about Joe Mixon, I, I wonder if. Maybe Cincinnati could think about making a move there. And then you have Joe Burrow, Bijan Robinson, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. That's pretty spicy. It's pretty that's a pretty spicy 
group that you got there of of young players and, and yeah, probably you won't have T. Higgins after after next year, but you're still gonna have Joe Burrow, B. John Robinson, and Jamar Chase. It's pretty good. I, I I would I would do that. I would absolutely do that. That's that's just another another landing spot that I would think of. And then potentially potentially Buffalo. I mean, I know they signed Damian Harris, they have James Cook, but the Buffalo links won't go away. But that would really stink for fantasy, honestly. So the the two that I think would be unbelievable for him would be the Chargers if they do trade Eckler, uh, Dallas, and then Cincinnati if Cincinnati does go ahead and trade uh, Joe Mixon, and of course Philadelphia because any any running back with the Philadelphia Eagles right now is probably going to be a top ten running back when it's all said and done. But we don't know who it is right now, whether it is going to be Rashad Penny, Kenny Gainwell, or whomever. But if they get their hands on Bijan Robinson, whoo. That's nice. It's really nice that they can pull that off. Uh, number four, this is from Thomas. Thomas is from uh, Mexico City, Mexico. Thomas asks, now that OBJ is a Raven, does that mean Lamar is 100% going back there? And what do the Jets do now at wide receiver? So I'll answer the first part first with Lamar. No, I don't think it means Lamar is 100% going back there, but I do think it helps. I definitely think that it, it helps that you're going to have Odell there. And based on the picture that was trending on social media last night of Lamar on FaceTime with Odell, I definitely think that that aids the Ravens' case to bring Lamar back into the fold and to at least satisfy him in that in that regard. Um, as for the Jets and what they're going to do at wide receiver, um, there have been some reports out there about DeAndre Hopkins. I haven't heard anything about about that uh, specifically, so I can't I can't confirm or deny that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Jets were to go and potentially and potentially draft a receiver in the first round. Now that you still have Alan Lazard, who you brought in, you have Randall Cobb there. I would not be surprised, though, if, if the Jets guy, whomever they're looking at at 13, I'm assuming it is offensive line because they need, they need help on that, on that O-line. That is no secret. If they don't get their guy that they are looking at, their top-rated offensive lineman, whomever that is on their board, if they don't get that at 13, I wonder then if they pivot and potentially go with a wide receiver, whether whether it is uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, whomever that may be. Zay Flowers, who's been getting a lot of hype and has been flying up boards. Uh, but then you have contradicting reports at, say, the only first-round wide receiver that uh, teams are really liking is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, I could tell you for a fact that there are more teams out there that like more than one receiver going in the first round. And I don't even think that is just, that is uh, uh, privy inf- information. I It's like, I would bet my life that there is going to be more than one receiver going in round one. I would make that personal guarantee and I would put my entire reporting credentials on the line and say that there would be more more than one receiver going, going in the first round. Um, but I wonder if the Jets potentially do that I also wonder if the Jets maybe try and do that where you trade up over Houston to get Jackson Smith and Jigba. Or if Houston pa- if Houston passes on Jackson Smith and Jigba, that would be the biggest surprise I think I think that humanly possible because they need they need an out and out number one receiver. So I just wonder if the Jets maybe leap, try and leapfrog them to get in Jigba if that's what they decide to do. But I also think I'm still in the camp 
that offensive line is the number one priority for the Jets night one of the draft. But receiver does become interesting now that Odell Beckham is off the board for them. And he, the Jets wanted him. The Jets really wanted Odell Beckham Jr. there. Um, it just didn't work out at, at, at the end of the day. And there's nothing really they could do about it, especially at an $18 million price tag where you also have to free up money to get Aaron Rodgers into the building, which they still haven't done. So uh, that's just kind of that. Uh, five, this is from Cole. Cole is from, uh, he's from Bakersfield, California. Uh, Cole asks, which team in the first round are you most interested in seeing what they do outside of the Cowboys, of course? Well, obviously. Obviously, it's 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 the Cowboys. Hello. Um, the team I'm most interested in seeing what they do. Um, I think the Patriots. I, I, I do think the Patriots. Because they, they're always funky. They're always funky and they're always fun. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say the Patriots. I think the, Ra- the Raiders are a close second too. At seven overall, you know what? What do they do? Is 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 potentially a defensive game changer there for the Raiders that they that they could go and 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 take, or do they completely fuck up a draft like they are historically known to do? So those are those are the two teams that I, that I think I'm the most interested in, in seeing what they do. Six. This is from Ryan. Ryan is from Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, Ryan asked, out of everything you have heard so far, what seems to have the most, who seems to have the most volatile draft stock? Um, most volatile? It's probably Will Levis. He, he seems to be the one that not many people know where, where he's going to go. But it's, it's, it's hard because I, the way I do my mocks is I don't have trades in them. So it's hard for me to project that Will Levis is going to be a top 10 pick. But if you ask me right now, based on everything that I've heard and people that I've talked to, people seem pretty confident that Will Levis is going to be a top 10 pick, if not top 5, which is which is crazy, which is great. And I, and I, I like Will Levis more than most, but I, I, I still even think top 5 is, just, is, is, is insane. But it, it's a quarterback-driven league, and there are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks right now. Um, I, I will say this, though. Um, if Will Levis does make it outside the top 10, I would be absolutely stunned and you would have <sighs> the Titans, I think would be licking their chops at 11 at that possibility. And then potentially other teams that are down the board would be looking at, would be looking at that and saying, huh, is, is that a possibility? And by the way, Will Levis has also visited the Tennessee Titans. So, um, that is not a huge surprise. That would not be a huge surprise if that were to happen. Seven, this is from Pat. Pat is from, uh, he's from the Bronx, New York. Uh, Pat says, who is going number one right now if you had to make a guess? If I had to make a guess, uh, CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is probably my guess. Eight, this is from Brandon. Brandon is from Washington, D.C. Brandon asks, what team do you see making the biggest surprise pick at the draft? I think I just kind of said it. I think it's like the, I think the Raiders because you can't really trust them to do anything right. Um, but outside of that, the biggest surprise pick, the biggest surprise pick, hmm, I think that maybe the Eagles, maybe, like, would it really shock anybody if the Eagles were just like, you know what, to hell with it, and they just decided number 10 overall to take B. John Robinson, 
Like, would that really just shock anybody? So, the Raiders would be my obvious choice, but the the Eagles could could shock a lot of people. I that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me one bit. Uh, number nine. This is from Alex. Alex is from. Um, he's from. He's from Dubai. Uh, Alex asks the Eagles. Speaking of the Eagles, could the Eagles trade back from ten to accumulate more assets? Um, they could. They could, but the Eagles have lost some so many defensive pieces that they have to try and replenish that, and they got really lucky with getting a top ten pick from New Orleans. The absolutely it, it, it borderline idiotic decision from the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints to make a deal with with the devil and the Philadelphia Eagles it gave them a top ten pick out of it. Um, but with that with that being said. I I just kind of I kind of lean on the side that the, the Eagles have to make that pick because when are you ever really going to see the Eagles in this position where they're picking in the top ten again? So if they can get a real game changer on the defensive side of the ball, given all that they've lost on defense, which is really the reason why they were in the Super Bowl the Super Bowl last year, along with how good they were on offense, I think it's that's too good of an opportunity to pass up for Howie Roseman and company. So. Yeah, I, I do think the Eagles make that pick. Uh, I have Nolan Smith uh, being mocked to them right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we're looking at potentially uh, maybe a corner going there. Maybe they try and beef up the offensive line. Uh, safety is a huge issue, a huge hole for them, but they also have pick 30 for that, where you know if Brian Branch, Jordan Battle, Antonio Johnson, if they're all in that range, that could be somewhere, something where the Eagles go at 30. But at 10, I think they have to go big time, get your defensive playmaker, uh, get your game changer on defense at that at you've lost in, in, in free agency. Uh, 10, this is from the King. Oh, long live the King. 10, this is from Charles. Charles is currently, let's see, where is Charles right now? Oh, he's he's in Napoli, Italy. Yeah, he's, he's taking the sights and sounds of, of, of Naples. Uh, Charles asks, who is the player right now that is getting first round consideration that you would not be surprised to see fall out of round one? No, not be surprised to see fall out of round one. Um, there's probably two of them. There's probably two of them. Uh, the first one, first one would, prob- would probably be Michael Mayer, just because at tight end, it's a very, it's a very sticky position. And I just wonder if there is a team like da- We know that Dallas has a tight end hall, but who else is in the market potentially for a tight end? Like Detroit? Detroit, maybe. Um, could Jacksonville be in, the, be in the market for that and just go all out and, you know, run two tight end sets with whomever the hell and, and, and Evan Ingram? Like, it really is just Detroit. Maybe Washington? Maybe Washington goes tight end? So, if it's not... If it's if it's not one of those tight ends going to Dallas, and say it is Dalton Kincaid that goes twenty sixth overall to Dallas, then where does Michael Mayer fall into the equation? Does a team trade back into round one to then go ahead and take him? Does Michael Mayer maybe go to the Saints? Does Michael Mayer uh, potentially go to the Bengals? There's there's a whole lot of questions with that. Michael Mayer would be the one, but that, that would it wouldn't shock me just because of the position, but it would shock me based on the player. I think Michael Mayer is really really talented. Um, and then the other one is Jameer Gibbs, and we've talked about this. I talked about this one with Jake, and I said to him, just because of the, of the position that Jameer Gibbs plays, 
it's a running back. And we live in a league right now that is a quarterback-driven league. And unfortunately, you know, Jameer Gibbs is playing a position that is not super valued right now in, in the National Football League. So is it possible that he falls out of round one and falls into round two? Absolutely. I think I think that's that's I think it's almost it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. There's no such thing as, no such thing as a guarantee, but um, based on people that I've talked to about it, yeah, there there are plenty of people that think Jameer Gibbs is 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 comfortably in round two as well. Like we're not talking about him then turning into pick thirty two. And obviously pick thirty two for those of you that uh, are screaming at me right now saying, But there's thirty two teams. The Dolphins don't have their their first round pick. Uh eleven, this is from Danny. Danny is from Huntington Beach, California. More California representation. Uh, Danny asks, which team do you think surprises everyone? Uh, we kind of had this question. We kind of had this question. Um, you know, biggest surprise pick of the draft surprises everyone. Um, it's probably, it's it's the Patriots and, and, and the Raiders. Uh, 12, this is from Pete. Pete is from Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, Pete asks, what do you think, what do the Falcons do at number eight? Are they a potential trade back candidate? Um, I, they can be, they can be depending on how the, the market shapes up with the quarterbacks, but they're in a very similar, similar situation to the Eagles defensively where the Eagles are trying to replace talent. The Falcons need talent. You know, they, they they don't get sacks on defense Atlanta at all. So I, I just think it's going to be they have to draft a defensive game changer. And whether it is um a Miles Murphy, maybe they maybe Nolan Smith becomes their guy. Um maybe they go into the corner and they take Christian Gonzalez if he's still on the board. Uh, maybe Jalen Carter becomes interesting to them, given you know Georgia Bulldog Jalen Carter, depending on where he's he's going to fall. They have to draft a defensive game changer, Atlanta. So I, I think they stay put. Uh, Thirteen. This is from Michael. Michael is from uh, he's from Vancouver, British Columbia. Michael asks: Tampa is in a very weird position. Could they be in the market to trade up for a quarterback? Yeah, they could. They could. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation about Hendon Hooker, about uh, Hendon Hooker, potentially sneaking into round one, and, and and Jake and I have talked about this as well, that Hendon Hooker could be a first round pick, and I think it makes a lot of sense if you're if you're looking at the teams the teams that are in the second half of the draft. I, I think there's definitely a possibility where that happens. I think you just start you start right at the second half with Washington, uh, Detroit, Tampa, um, Seattle. Minnesota, uh, the Saints, who I know Hen and Hooker visited. Yeah, there's there's plenty of opportunity I think for Hen and Hooker to go in the first round of this draft, and he and he should he should he, he's he's really really talented despite the despite the age despite the injury he's really talented and he, he should. And I think do I have him uh, do I have him locked in the first round of this draft? I don't. I don't, but that'll that'll change. That'll change. My my legit mock, I'm sure that I'll have Hunter Hunker uh, going in the first round. Uh, fourteen. This is from Will. Will is from. Uh, Will is from Flint, Michigan. Will asks odds the Colts draft a quarterback in round one. High, very high. 
I, it's almost it's almost a must. It's almost a must because how 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 much longer can Chris Ballard just skate on borrowed time with not taking a quarterback and just keep going down the recycled veteran route? It hasn't worked, and they need they need a quarterback, and they're in a division as well that is just so that is so winnable. Like <clears throat> I know Jacksonville. Right, and, and Jacksonville, they are a great team. They're on the rise. I listened to a podcast that we did last night after the first round of the 2021 draft where I said that the Jacksonville Jaguars are winning, winning a Super Bowl with Trevor Lawrence. I still believe that. But if the Colts can get their quarterback and they can get a, they can get their young quarterback, whomever it is, that team automatically, with what, with what they have in that offensive line, the foundation that they have in the offensive line, I know the offensive line were bad last year, but... They're, that that group is going to be fine with the skill players that they have, and then defensively they are already very 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 solid. Even after losing Stephon Gilmore, it doesn't matter. The Colts would then be in a position where you can then start to challenge for the for the uh, for the AFC South. They, I believe it. So they have to get that quarterback though, because if they don't, if they don't, not only not only is the GM in big trouble, and he should be. You also are putting your young coach that you just hired into a position where he's going into year one, trying to build a program as a first-time head coach that doesn't have his quarterback. <clears throat> Sorry, that cannot happen. Uh, 15, this is from Ben. Ben is from, he's from London, England. Uh, ben asks, what do the Steelers do in round one? Uh, the Steelers are going to be very bland and basic i would think the steelers the steelers always should be they're always going to go for the trench guys always like i don't really see them in the market you know for a skill player i don't see them in the market for a quarterback if they just took kenny pickett last year i i kind of see them being a trench team possibly a corner um maybe if if joey porter falls to them uh, that could be a really good fit. Devon Witherspoon as well. That could be an interesting fit. Um, if not, then definitely um, in the trenches on either side of the ball, either at offensive line or defensive line. I think it's the way that the Steelers would go. And then finally, the very last question here. This is from Jeffrey. Jeffrey is from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Jeffrey asks, Knowing what you know about the Cowboys, what do you see them realistically headed in round one? Um, well, there have been a whole bunch of things that I've heard with the Cowboys and what they what they plan on doing. Uh, the first thing is obviously the tight end situation. We've talked about that with Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid. Uh, second is B. John Robinson. That 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 is never going to end uh, until B. John Robinson is either a member of the Cowboys or is not a member of the Cowboys. Um, so. You know, we're going to have to wait and see on uh, on that front. And the third one is continuing to reinforce the offensive line, specifically at guard, uh, losing Connor McGovern in free agency to the Buffalo Bills. There is now a void at guard, so Dallas could potentially go in that direction and try and draft a guard. Uh, I know Jake has been on the, on, the, on the bandwagon of potentially Dallas trying to go out and get a, another wide receiver. Uh, I just think there are so many other holes in this team. They've already filled that hole with Brandon Cooks. Um, but if you're, if Michael Gallup does get traded, then yes, there is there is a potential hole there for 
for a for a wide receiver. But I think those are the three areas I think Dallas Dallas would uh, potentially go for is either filling their guard void on the offensive line, Bijan Robinson, or a tight end. That's where I think they do. I think it is. I think it is an offensive pick, unless unless something crazy crazy happens where there's a value that is just too good to pass up um, in 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 the secondary. But I don't really see where that 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 that's going to be. I, I don't really see it. I, but I do think Dallas will stay. Will they'll stay put unless they feel like they have to trade up and and get their guy. And if they have to trade up to get their guy. That trade up, I would imagine, would probably be for either um, for for Bijan or for Dalton Kincaid. If they stay where they are, I think it's for Michael Mayer or for one of the offensive line prospects. Uh, that's what I would imagine. Well, <clears throat> that is it for this edition of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Thank you so much to everybody for listening. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted their questions. Again, if you want to submit your questions, please do so. Emails are always in the episode descriptions. So, for the Basement Talk Podcast Fans Show, I'm Ed Bertel. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and we will catch you on the next one. Bye bye.